Hello everyone and welcome back to the sign of the dollar. So it's been quite some time since I recorded my last podcast. I uploaded one a few weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, now that I'm actually home and I'm on holiday, I'll be able to record a lot more podcasts and I'll be putting out content a lot more regularly, both on my website, on my podcast, as well as my YouTube channel with GenRed Network. Uh, so hopefully that's something to look forward to. Uh, but today I just wanted to focus on catching up on some of the things that I missed. I won't talk about detail in any of these things because, to be honest, I wasn't completely caught up with it as they were going on. For example, the Democratic debate, I didn't actually watch it in its entirety. I saw a few clips, I saw a few commentaries on what happened and people's opinion on how that debate went down, but I didn't actually get to watch the entire thing myself. Uh, so I will talk briefly about things like that, including the G20 summit, uh, the meeting between Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un. But the basic purpose of this is for me to catch up on what I've missed, just say a brief word about all of these things. So obviously there's a bunch of things that I'm going to miss, uh, but I'll just say what comes to the top of my head and give my opinion on it. So to start, obviously, uh, Trump met Kim Jong-un, and it was a historic meeting because it was the first time that a U.S. president stepped into the North Korean border. Now, uh, this this action in general, what happened and how it's been going so far, uh, the diplomacy between the United States and North Korea, I think it's absolutely good. It's very good for world, world peace. We know that North Korea has developed nuclear weapons. They have a lot of ballistic missile testing that's ongoing, nuclear testing. And although there hasn't actually been that much progress in complete de denuclearization, which is going to be very tough to do. This is an important step towards world peace because the most powerful nation is forming a diplomatic relationship with uh, a threat. I mean, it is a small threat, but it still is bad, especially since it has uh, China to back it up. So it's an important stride towards world peace, and I, I think it was important for Trump to do. But, th but there's still a few reservations that I have with this. First of all, I don't appreciate how Trump has been complimenting Kim Jong-un and treating him as if he's some great leader over all this time. I understand some people say that it's better than not having a good relationship with Kim Jong-un at all uh, because it's a way for him to connect with him and be able to actually have that good relationship and form diplomatic ties with North Korea. But as, as he was doing before, I mean, first he provoked him. First he said things that were quite um, immature, but they were really, they helped to provoke him. And then he started becoming more diplomatic and generous with it. And it did work. But then he went a step too far when he started complimenting his way of leading and all of that. And I'm sure Trump doesn't agree with that way of leading because his style of leading is completely different as much as leftists might want to tell you. Um, but he's taking it a bit too far, in my opinion. Apart from that, talking more about what happened recently, uh, I think Trump needs to press Kim more on denuclearization and stopping missile testing. I, I know that there hasn't been any testing recently that we know of, but there is a few things that we need to be concerned about, such as the fact that they still have a great arsenal of nuclear weapons. And like I said, uh, he shouldn't be talking so positively with them. But the diplomatic relationship is good. It's the biggest step that I think any U.S. president has made towards forming diplomatic relationship uh, with North Korea since the Korean War, and it's very important. So it's a good step, and I'm happy that that happened. So the G20 summit also took place recently, and I can't remember exactly what the agenda was, but I remember looking it up, and it was mainly to do with the sustainable development goals in as far as poverty, economics, uh, developing nations, and um, women empowerment, and things of that sort were concerned. 
I, I, I looked that it was mainly about that. Now, I'm not entirely sure what went down in the, in the conference and whether there was actually any real progress that was made uh, or whether it was just a meeting to ensure diplomatic alliances and continue that in, in the interest of world peace. So uh, that instead of talking specifically about what was discussed and how it went down and whether it was overall beneficial, I wanted to talk about diplomacy in general, these sorts of conferences, these sorts of institutions, and when they're important and when they can sometimes be harmful. And then I wanted to move on to more more of a generic, deep, more of a philosophical question, which has to do with the sacrificing of one's values uh, for the so-called greater good. Now, I won't go in too much depth, but I think diplomacy does serve a purpose, and that purpose is to ensure that there aren't, there isn't any direct hostility between two nations, even if they have like big disagreements. And people may say that this is a sacrifice of one's values, but we have to consider what's at stake when there are such powerful nations with such powerful weapons. It's important for these nations to actually sit down on the table, have discussions, not only about war, not only about keeping peace, but also about world trade, about how to effectively help the economy and help the world in its entirety. Now, some people may see this as globalism, but it's really not as long as there's not a world government that directs what certain governments do, because that would in essence, be a breach of democracy. The, a country would no longer have its own national sovereignty. The votes would be of no meaning since there's a, an external governing body that's directing the decision-making that's taking place within a government. And that's a problem that some people have with such institutions as um, the European Union and the United Nations. And I understand where that concern comes from. But if we're talking in general about the purpose that these institutions were founded, uh, the reasons for holding these conferences, and if they're conducted properly in a sense where they're just discussions and making sure that everybody's on board with what's happening, on track, obviously people can have disagreements, they can talk about that, hopefully certain governments will be able to sway certain governments to t take uh, other decisions, but at the end of the day, it's the decision of that government in order to, to maintain national sovereignty of given nation. So as long as it works out that way, diplomacy is a very good institution to have to ensure that there's world peace and that there's also a good relation between as many countries as possible. It's not always possible because there's a, a conflict of values uh, and all of those kinds of things, but as long as there's diplomatic relationships, even if they're not alliances, uh, it helps to prevent conflict. And that, I think, is very important in a world where there are really threats when it comes to the weapons and when it comes to what's at stake. Of course, there are also times where diplomacy can be rather fake, where it actually serves no purpose, where uh, it's important to take immediate action, but for the, for the sake of diplomacy, this action may be deterred and that may cause further casualties and things of that sort. So there, there is a time and place for diplomacy, but in general, it is good for there to be diplomacy among world leaders to ensure that conflict is prevented at all costs. Now, this also makes me think about the ideologies of pacifism and militarism, and in line with that, the ideologies of interventionism and isolationism, which is something that I addressed in my video with General Network when I was talking about Trump's Syria pullout and what I thought of it. Uh, but back to the point, what I was saying, about pacifism, the main problem I have with pacifism is it's quite ignorant of reality. It, it, it has this kind of vision. It's too idealist for me. I mean, obviously, war should be avoided at all costs. 
conflict should be avoided at all costs. Millions of innocent people die, and even if there are casualties, even if there are things that are going on, bad things that are going on, if they can be prevented without violence, of course, that's, that's the best way to go about it. But sometimes that just isn't possible. Sometimes certain countries are big threats, and the idea of pacifism just completely deters uh, action to be taken against these countries, which would actually be in the interest of world peace. So militarism, extreme militarism, of course, usually consists of starting conflicts where they don't need to be started. And I am totally against that. But I do understand people who say, first of all, that uh, countries should have a strong military. Uh, This is the idea of peace by force, by increasing your strength, peace by strength. I'm not entirely sure what the term is for that. But if countries are powerful, if certain countries which people can believe that can be trusted with nuclear weaponry, if they're powerful enough, if their security, if their military is powerful enough, first of all, that gives a sense of security to the people who are within that country, but it also prevents wars from happening because people are scared of the consequences. So they will never actually start conflict because they know that that's going to be completely damaging to their country and their people. So they'll be very, 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 very careful before they decide to do anything to... Uh, damaging because at this point if there is a war started between more than three or four countries it can it's capable of causing mass destruction to the point where it can even destroy our entire world so people are very aware of that so there is uh, some merit to the idea of militarism or the idea of peace by force or peace by strength and this is something that I do support to an extent. And when it comes to isolationism versus interventionism, as I've uh, mentioned earlier, what I think is that if the country, which uh, a country chooses to interfere or intervene in a conflict within that country, if that country is a direct threat to the nation's security or a direct threat to the world's security, it does make sense for a country to intervene in that conflict. If it's not, then there's no reason for the country to intervene in the conflict. I mean, they could try to do things to deter them from human rights violations and things like that, and some institutions are helpful in that regard. But there is a, it is a time and a place, I think, where you can actually intervene in a conflict in the interest of world peace and in the interest of uh, the security of a given nation. So that's my whole take on pacifism, militarism, interventionism, isolationism. My main problem, like I said, with the pacifist movement is that it's too idealist. And the militarist, too extreme. When it's too extreme, it takes up conflicts or it starts conflicts where they don't need to be started. And that causes unnecessary conflicts and causes unnecessary deaths. And I think that was the case with Iran. Like I said, I mean, Iran is a bad country. The government... I won't say it's a bad country because obviously there's good people within it, but the government is absolutely crazy. They've done terrible things to their citizens. It's a very extreme um, Muslim, extreme Sharia law government, which obviously there's a lot of problems with what's going on in those countries. But starting a war with them would cause so many unnecessary casualties. And I think it was a good decision on Trump's part to hold back in that scenario. I mean, there's not actually that many people. Sure, there are some people which are completely interested in only their material benefit or their material gain, like arms dealers who who try to start wars for the sake of getting more funding and getting more money. But this is a very small percentage of people. When people are talking in political discourse, if they say that they're militarists or if they side towards more militarist policies, 
none of them actually want war. I mean, pacifists need to understand that nobody actually really wants war. It's just if it's absolutely necessary, would in in some cases it actually is necessary, then it has to be done. So that's the problem with the pacifist movement. I've said that for the fifth, sixth time by now, but it's important. It thinks of the world as too too good, too pure, which simply isn't the case. This world has terrible injustices. It has terrible things happening in it. And while we can try our best to prevent these terrible things, at the end of the day, there are always going to be terrible people which are going to pioneer and really set fire and start these terrible things. And when I say terrible things, I'm not talking about war, but I'm talking about everything that happens in the world with all of these things. So you can't... It's it's similar for people who think that taking away the guns from people will just like solve the problem. Like, yeah, yeah everyone's going to give their guns back, inclu- including the criminals. The world is not that perfect. So there's a lot of problems with those kind of ideologies which focus on idealism. And I personally don't think that it would even be an ideal world where there's no weaponry. It's important because there are always going to be people who have the ability to hurt others. So even if they don't have weaponry, even if they don't have guns, they'll be able to hurt other people in different ways, whether it be physical or emotional. So to prevent that from happening, uh, weaponry and things like that can indeed be helpful. So I still don't think it would be an ideal world where there'd be no weaponry and there'd be no guns or anything of that sort. So these these movements are too idealist, and even when they are idealist, even if it was possible what they're preaching, they fail to understand what happens, what, what could happen if they do achieve what they're preaching. So that brings me to the question, is it okay to sacrifice your values in serving the greater good? If you think it's going to serve the greater good, is it okay for you to do certain things that you, you would normally consider immoral? Well... What I think is, if you come to this decision to do something that you think would otherwise be immoral, but in the given circumstance, it is the way to go and will bring about the best possible outcome in the future, then I don't really think it is a sacrifice of your values. Because your values have to do with your thought process that when you do a certain thing in a certain scenario, it's wrong to do. But in another scenario, That's why morality isn't a one-size-fits-all concept. You can't, in general, say that killing is wrong. You can say that murder is wrong because it's where there's malicious intent, where it's actually an immoral scenario where somebody just kills someone in cold blood or kills someone uh, out of pure revenge where it, it, it wasn't justified. And all of these things are hard to consider and they can be subjective. But the point is that it's not a one size fits all concept. Killing isn't always wrong. In self-defense, if you have to do it, you can't consider it immoral. If if somebody has absolutely tortured you, raped people, killed people, I don't think there's anything wrong with you wanting to kill that person and, and actually killing them. So it, it matches the scenario. It matches what, in which context we're talking about. And the same goes for certain things when, when we talk about uh, diplomacy, when we talk about lying, for example. Like... Lying itself, people say that we shouldn't even tell white lies. I mean, everybody does. It's just a fact. We can't uh, ignore that. But some people consider that a character flaw. And it is a character flaw in, uh, flaw in many cases where you're just doing it for no real purpose. But for example, if you're trying to take a huge criminal down and you're a mole in the organization or something like that, in essence, technically you're actually lying when you're in that place because you're not who you claim to be. 
but you're doing it so that ultimately you can take the organization down and destroy it and actually achieve that purpose that you're like trying to achieve so it's not really a sacrifice of your values and that's why you can't have generic values such as i can't lie i can't kill so that's a problem with having this sort of simplified one-size-fits-all view of morality while i do think there are objective moral standards what i'm trying to say is that you can't apply a certain standard in all scenarios and that brings me back to the main point you're not actually sacrificing your values if you're doing something to achieve something that's greater. But when I say that, obviously, there's also people who might interpret it as people who kill others for, for um, like, they consider it collateral damage for the greater good of the world. I mean, some people even use this example from, from a movie, uh, but Thanos. So I, I've seen a lot of people who agree with Thanos. And... Uh, even if we leave aside the fact that Thanos is actually wrong and all the things that he's doing, murdering the way he's going about trying to save the galaxy or save the universe is also wrong. If, if, if we think about it in terms of somebody sacrificing their values or doing something uh, wrong in order to serve the greater good, then obviously in that case, it's not right. And there is a distinguish, uh, you, can, you can distinguish these cases from the ones where you're merely doing something that you wouldn't see always as correct. If you're doing something with severe moral implications, if you're hurting someone where you have to corrupt your own moral character just to achieve this so-called good that you're aiming to achieve, then it's really not worth doing. And a similar thing happens when people talk about the debate between security and liberty. Uh, people want at the end of the day, they want to be secure. They, they want to make sure that the world does not have any threats. And for that, they sacrifice people's liberty. They start um, encroaching upon their liberty, encroaching upon, upon their freedoms, and trying to become very involved with their day-to-day -day life. And that's not fair, because if we're thinking about the purpose of our life, liberty is also our security. Because, I mean, we're not going to live forever. There are going to be external threats. We can't, no matter how hard we try, we can't completely eliminate them. We can try to subdue them the best we can. But trying to encroach on people's liberty and one of the main reasons that they live and one of the main things that make makes us human and makes us different from one, one another and makes us able to contribute to the world, if you're willing to sacrifice that for security, I mean, if you have everyone's consent, then technically it it is a sense of liberty. But... If you're doing it by force, if you're not giving people the liberty they deserve, I don't think it's worth it, even if it's going to give you a greater sense of security. So I just realized that I was rambling on about that for a while. If I'm being completely honest, I didn't entirely prepare anything to say in specific for this podcast. I was talking completely from the top of my head, and all of that came when I was just thinking. I haven't completely thought this through properly, so I wasn't entirely articulate. But since I've spoken for quite a while now, uh, I'll decide actually to talk about the democratic primaries, the de democratic debate, and uh, the 2020 presidential run in another po podcast entirely. So that'll do it for me today at the sign of the dollar. Thank you for listening.